Hi, everyone. It is Marilyn Loria, and welcome to Who Can It Be Now? Today, we have an interview with Denise Mange. Denise is a pet uh, trainer. <laughs> She's many things. She's a numerology, intuition, and pet training expert. And we're going to talk about an integrative animal approach. Okay. So I did this interview, I don't think maybe a year or two years ago, probably for my membership for your soul peeps. And I'm starting to pull out some of the interviews from there because they were only for membership for your soul and membership for your soul isn't around any longer. Now, um, I have my signature program, next level living. That's the one I do. But anyway, I was going through them in these interviews and I was like, Oh my goodness, there's so many incredible interviews on here. I want to introduce them to all of you and I want you to listen to them. So I am going to be talking to Denise today. You're going to go in and hear the interview and you'll hear a little music and then hear the interview. And the other thing about this is I was talking to a friend recently about how I really celebrate other people. And um, we were just talking about people that are competitive with each other and I never understand that. And she said, oh my goodness, she's not in my business at all. She's a screenwriter. And she was like, you're never like that. You always build people up. And I do. So I want to share with you more of the people that I believe in, that I like their work, and that I really feel that are, they are incredible people. Because there's people out there that aren't very integral. Let's put it that way. They're not very integral. And if I can introduce you to people in different fields that have a lot of integrity that I feel are good people, then I would like to bring them to your attention. And if you're thinking, oh, I want to hire a pet trainer or I want to get, I don't know if she's doing certified animal communication. I know she's a certified animal communicator and I know she does numerology for pets and their owners, which is what we're going to be talking about today, which is a lot of fun then I want you to listen to Denise. And if you like Denise, you can read all about her in the show notes and find her at petprana.com. It's petprana.com, but go into the show notes and make sure that I'm correct. And you can check out Denise. And if you want to hire her, she's somebody you can work with. All right, guys, you're going to hear a little music and then you're going to go into the interview with Denise. Enjoy. Hi, everyone. It's Marilyn Olori, and welcome to Who Can It Be Now? And if you're watching this on Facebook, welcome to my Facebook page. I'm super excited for our guest today, which is Denise Mange. Am I saying your last name right? You, I mean, it's in Portuguese, it's Mange, but I take Mange, Mange, anything. And, and given that we're talking about pets, Mange fits. <laughs> I know some people, somebody said to me recently, like she teaches about pets and her last name is Mange. And I was like, oh yeah, I never noticed that. And yeah, my middle um, name digs, like a dog digs a hole. So if I had any doubt about what I'm here to do, my name definitely clarified it. <laughs> it just reminds you, I love that. So Denise was a teacher in membership. We're actually revisiting her lesson, translating beyond numerology. She did it a couple of years ago. So it's going to be really interesting to have this conversation with her today because I know she's up to a lot more stuff since the first time I spoke to her. But I'm going to like read her bio for you so you can learn all about her. And then we're going to just dive in and have an incredible conversation. Um, I will say I'm not feeling great. So hopefully I don't pass out on this call. Um, Denise Mange, I'm going to say it that way, is a certified dog trainer, pet intuitive, pet numerologist, and founder of Pet Prana. After a decade working at some of the most prestigious advertising agencies in New York City, Denise left the glitz and glamour of Madison Avenue to pursue a true sense of fulfillment and soul's purpose, which I really am going to say, especially for everybody who's listening on the podcast and actually everybody who's listening, if you're in an unfulfilled job and even if it's paying you everything you want, I wouldn't tell you to leave the job right away, but I would say make a plan. And Denise is going to tell us a bit about that because I'm going to ask her about it. So she uh, left Madison Avenue to pursue her true sense, her true soul's purpose, which was working with dogs. Upon certification training program, she realized there had to be more of that could be done to honor the connection between pups and their humans. Looking for ways to foster those deeper connections, Denise studied with some of the top animal communicators and intuitives in the field and eventually developed a unique brand of mindful dog training to help pet parents forge a loving partnership with their pups through the lens of mind, bod, and energetic connection. Denise's proprietary process translating beyond behavior provides a roadmap to how your pet's behavior can give you specific insights into the healing that is ready to take place including limiting beliefs to process at which chakras they affect. 
Denise's integrative approach helps foster true partnerships and heart-centered connections that deepen the compassion and understanding of the lessons your animal companions are here to share with you. Using methods such as chakra work, animal communication, and pet numerology, which I love that you put all of that in there, in conjunction with the fundamentals of traditional obedience training. Think of it as self-help for pet's sake. <laughs> she received a BS from Boston University. Her drug trainer certification from Animal Behavior College is certified animal communicator and intuitive energy reader through top experts in the field and a member of Association of Pet Trainers. And we're going to be talking about Denise. And Denise, your website is, what is your website, honey? It's petprana.com. And pet means particularly cherished and prana is the energy connecting all of the universe. So I thought that that name worked well. That name does work well. It's petprana.com. And if you're listening on the uh, podcast, it'll be in the show notes. And for the Facebook page, I will add it later. Hi, Denise. Hi, Marilyn. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the introduction. And I always love the opportunity to connect with other, you know, heart-centered animal groupies, pet groupies and animal lovers. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So I really want to talk about like leaving your advertising job and discovering your truth and then pursuing that. And so, however, you don't have to give a long story, but the summarization of that, I think is really helpful for people. Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, growing up in Brazil, I grew up in Brazil. I moved to the United States for college and, um, right after college, I ended up going straight into advertising. So literally from the day of graduation, I started my job the next day. And advertising in retrospect was the perfect corporate job to have leading into what I do, right? Because in advertising and marketing, it's all about tapping into the energy. It's about reading the room with the clients. You know, what are they feeling? How are they feeling about the campaign you presented? And maybe they're not really speaking how they're feeling. Um, it's about understanding motivation, what motivates people to buy a product, consider a product, and it's all about symbolism, right? What's our logo going to be made up of? We know uh, squares are very reliable shapes, so if that's what our brand wants to communicate, let's use a lot of those 90-degree angles and colors and shapes. So in retrospect, advertising was perfect, and I did love it, and I was very good at it, um, but at one point, uh, my you know, you just burn out. It's one of those jobs that you just give, give, give. And especially if you're empathic and sensitive to energy, as most of us are, when we're in that corporate setting, we're just picking up on so much of what's going on around us. And ironically, that's what makes us really good at our jobs, right? We can read a room. Um, so one of the final accounts I worked on was Purina. And so I got to talk a lot about, you know, the pet human relationship, you know, the focus groups were all about, you know, stories about pets and what they wanted for their pets. So when I got to the point where I was just done with advertising, I decided, you know what, I'm going to leave this and I want to work with pets. So I'm going to start a doggy daycare. And since I actually growing up, never had a pet of my own. I said, if I'm going to start a doggy daycare, I need to learn about pet behavior. And so that's where I went through and I got my certification as a dog obedience trainer. And once I did my practicum hours where I was working one-on-one -on -one with humans and their pets, I said, forget the doggy daycare. This is what it's all about. You know, talking about the relationship and working with them. And ironically, a lot of people who are thinking about leaving their corporate job, they might actually leave and then have this moment of, do I go back? Right. I definitely had that moment of, do I go back? Because at that point, I was doing dog obedience training, but I wasn't really leveraging my intuition just yet. And so I was just thinking, you know, bossing around dogs is not for me. Like, this is fun, but maybe I just go back to advertising and, and get back into it after this little hiatus. And that's when everything blew open wide. That's when animal communication came into the picture. That's where um, pets started communicating with me even before, um, you know, I would walk into a session and give me an idea of what's going on in the human's life. And from there, I was able to develop this mindful aspect of pet guardianship and, and dog training. And then there was no turning back. I was like, this is exactly what I'm here to do. Was that the moment where, do you feel like gave you courage to just continue to pursue your heart and what it was you're meant to do? Because you still don't know what's on the other side of that. You have to build a whole new business. You, that's absolutely right. And that's where actually having an advertising and a marketing background was a blessing and a curse. 
it was a blessing because I know how to build a business. It was a curse because I know how to build a business with a million dollar budget. <laughs> and, right. You know, like you expect a lot. You want everything to be polished and finessed, but sometimes it's a little more difficult to do it for yourself. But every time I tried to leave dog training and go back into advertising, something major happened that was coincidental. The universe was like, no, 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 you're not going back. Um, like there was one time where I was literally about to be like, you know what, I should just reach out to the recruiters and my contacts and see what's out there. And that's when I got an email in my inbox about animal communication. And I was like, oh, that's silly. I would never do that. And it kept coming into my inbox. And it happened that it was going to be like two blocks from my apartment at the time. And it was the weekend where I had nothing going on. So I was like, all right, I guess I'll check it out. And, you know, so a lot of moments like that, I think, happen to keep us on our path of purpose. And I truly believe at this point that, you know, I, I'm here ushering in this philosophy. It's not mine. It's not of me. I'm ushering it out into the world. Um, so it's kind of something that I get to share with pet parents. I love this because I'm listening to your journey and then I'm listening to how you work with animals. And do you feel that your own intuitive journey informs your work with animals as well? Like yeah. you were very conscious to be aware that that email came in and you were questioning things and not everybody has that consciousness. So yeah. how, how does your own personal development then help with what you're doing. And so this is where hindsight's 2020, right? I mean, even though growing up, I never had a pet, I loved animals. And I grew up in Sao Paulo, which is very much like New York City. And so we don't have a lot of parks or, you know, green areas. So I'd be downstairs in the lobby playing with the roly polies, you know? Mm -hmm. And so for me, that was my point of connection and open heartedness. And that's where I think my animal communication was in its natural state. And then I was very fortunate to grow up in Brazil because it's such a confluence of, you know, traditional, but then spiritual and mystical things. Mm. So by the time I was 18, I was certified in Reiki and a Reiki practitioner. So I understood the chakras. And then one of the biggest things that stood out for me um, in school was in fifth grade when I learned Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that whole pyramid of needs, which yes outlines, you know, human motivation and what motivates us at the base level, at the emotional level, um, at the collective level, so that we can aspire to be the highest version of ourselves. And that's, those all were foundational elements I used to create this brand Pet Prana and this process of translating beyond behavior. So I think that not only our intuitiveness helps us, you know, guide along the way, especially when we open back up to it, because for a lot of us in corporate life, we close it down. Um, but also, I think our life experiences, I do believe we're all here with some sort of a general path. And if we, if we choose to pursue it, we'll better see and understand how each step of the way contributed to where we are today. Yeah, I love that. Um, there's something you just said, but I think I have to go get my dog, which is so perfect considering I'm doing an interview with you. So I actually multitasking, got to take you upstairs, let the dog in. Um, so you, I have to go back to the roly polies for a second. Are those the bugs or what are they? What are those little roly polies? I, I don't know what other people call them, but they're like gray and they're tiny. And when you touch them, they roll up like an armadillo. Um, they, they were like my best friends. I loved them so much, them and caterpillars. And the irony is, you know, growing up in Brazil, I'd be playing with caterpillars and especially like in the mountain house and stuff. And um, the, the people who lived at our mountain house, the caretakers, they would run to my mom and be like, um, Miss Marilyn, Denise is playing with a caterpillar, which is incredibly poisonous. <laughs> it's crawling up her body, but they'd never sting me, you know? So it was just one of those things where when you go in with an open heart, you have these connections. And it was such a helpful realization to know that no matter how small the animal or the insect, you still can have a really powerful connection with them, just as powerful as we might even have with our own pets. So I would love for you to explain a little bit about what you do today mm -hmm. um, before I have, I have a question about that, but I want to talk about, because you know, I'm a pet owner as I just went upstairs to get my dog. I have two dogs, two cats now. And... I believe that what you're, I've had so many trainers mm -hmm. in all regards, you know, for, and I used to have a lot of problems. So I had a lot of different trainers. So I'd love to talk about your approach to helping the owner with the animal 
And my first question though, before we get into that is when, as soon as you meet them, are, is your intuition on and are you just reading them right away? So it's interesting. A lot of them are incredibly chatty. And for me, clear cognizance is the strongest way that I get information. So I just kind of know things. But one tool that I've used, which I know we'll touch upon today, is numerology. Before any reading or any pet session, I'll pull the numerology on the human's name and then on the pet's name. And that way I can cross-reference them and understand even before I meet with them, what are their motivations? What are their tendencies? What numbers are they complementing each other with? And, you know, what lessons they're here to learn together. Um, because in my estimation, you know, dog, our life with a dog, a cat, a caterpillar, you know, whatever it might be, life with our pets is very similar to conscious parenting. You know, we're learning through our pets' behaviors about ourselves and our life more broadly and what we're ready to kind of bring forth and bring into the world. So how does the sessions, do you sit down with your people right away and say, okay, and you read their numbers and then how do you start from there? And when you said, so it's funny, you're talking about claircognizance because I'm teaching that in Next Level Living in my other program today. You said they're very chatty. Are you talking about the animals? Yeah. Because you're getting the downloads of their information. <laughs> Sometimes I'll just know, I'm like, oh, I'm getting a sense that, you know, there's some rocky relationships between the parents or, you know, the mom's a little bit of a people pleaser. And because um, through pet prana and this translating beyond behavior, I've already mapped out generally what, you know, pet behaviors match up with the human chakras. I already have a huge indication of what theme is likely at play for the pet, but for the human most, uh, most of the time too. So when you go in, do you sit down with both of them and just tell them what you're getting? Is that how you started? This is where advertising comes back into play. I read the room. So I personally okay. always pull the numerology, right? And then I've had some pet parents where I get clues or I get an indication that they're open to it. And I'll be like, you know, I pulled numerology. Would you be interested in hearing it? And then we go mm. into it. And that kind of sets the tone for the training session. For other pet parents, I can tell that's not their vibe. So I definitely, um, you know, I'll, I'll mix in themes and energetic discussion, but in very light terms. So for me, it's really important to respect the pet parent and meet them where they are. So I can be as, you know, um, outright about energy and numerology and what it means, or I can be very subtle because we also know when we come into the energy and we're mindful of our energy, we don't have to verbalize things sometimes mm -hmm. just vibrating or you know putting it out there energetically that's the shift that's needed so i'm always reading the room to see what they're open to that's great okay so this brings me i love what you're doing so i just want to continue on because i'm looking at your website and for those of you listening it's petcrana.com you have dog training you have pet readings and you have online classes so the dog training like tell me some of the cases that come to you or at least a case that has come to you and how you've been able to help because I do know let me just say this sorry I'm editing myself my um dog Micah who I'm starting to have like I started having issues with because so many off-leash dogs came after us and I didn't know what to do and he was a pet therapy dog at children's hospital so this incredibly trained amazing dog got mixed up behavior but what happened is I got traumatized so I've been so working with different trainers, I've learned, and I'm still not there yet. I'm working with another trainer next week. If I tense up in a second, that dog is so sensitive to me. So yeah. I'm just curious how, like, whatever you want to share around your work, because I really think what you're doing is needed. And I love that because on-leash reactivity is the, probably the number one reason people call me in. And especially with when I lived in New York, I mean, that was like 95% of the cases I worked on. I mean, New York is hectic as is, but you know, right there, we can see that parallel, you know, when Micah got, was, you know, constantly getting attacked, I already would just look at you and be like, okay, where are you getting attacked in your life? You know, you, you vibrate at a very authentic level and you speak your truth. So, you know, where are they coming for you and how do you feel about that, right? How do we interact with that? How do we engage or not with that? Um, because that is thematic, something that crosses, you know, both of you guys. But on-leash reactivity, as I've mapped it out through translating beyond behavior, that always has to do with themes of the first chakra. And so that's a sense of grounding, a sense of security, a, safe, um, a, a sense of safety. And so we would look at some of the limiting beliefs around that. 
you know, feeling safe, feeling secure in which relationships, especially the foundational relationships in your life with your family, your, you know, romantic partners, where do you feel insecure or not fully safe? And then do you take the approach that offense is the best defense, right? Or you know what, if I'm getting attacked, I'm really not going to behave. I'm really going to go out there. So energetically, we want to understand what's at the root of it. And we can definitely go deeper. Um, but just like anything in our lives, we're in a 3D reality. So doing things in the energetic level is not enough. You know, we have to take into account physical, um, mental, and energetic, right? So physically, we need to do traditional training with MICA, right? We need to do desensitization. We need to do um, counter conditioning and desensitization, which means playing games, which I love, like, where's your buddy? Where, you know, where's your buddy? Look at the pet in the distance, you get a treat, right? So we start wow. shifting the perception of when a dog approaches, I'm going to start looking at my mom for that piece of cheese. And it needs to be like the equivalent of us having McDonald's after drinking all night. Like it needs to be something that like makes everything okay, right? Um, you know, the other thing that I like doing physically, the first chakra, it's foundational. It's all about also building that foundation. So communication is important. So I would recommend doing a few things with Unleash Reactivity. Um, one would be constantly doing training, not only when a dog comes into our, mm. our purview, but even before, keep doing looks, keep doing touch command, you know, throughout the walk that keeps them engaged and focused on you. And then the other thing I like to do physically, but it also kind of bridges into our emotional connection with them. I like to do trust walks. And because the first chakra is very much linked to the numbers one and eight, eight to me, I really bring into our work with Unleash Reactivity in the first chakra. I like to do walks that are figure eights, right? So oh. go somewhere in an open field, walk slowly, um, tighter leash at first, but then you give more and more slack. And what you're doing is just attuning your pace and your energy to each other and trusting that you're working through this together. And to add to that, I love adding in things like singing during walks or during those trust walks. So things or speaking mantras, anything that shows them a calm breath, right? Mm. So some of my favorite songs for, you know, um, for people to sing when they're with their pets is row, row, row your boat, or, you know, the ants go marching one by one because they're calm, they're consistent, and your pet can rely on your breath and on that, that tone. It also gives your mind something to do. Because to your point, when you're on those walks and you see a dog, you stress up, right? You, you kind of um, clench up. If your mind is occupied, it's not going to go into the stories of, oh my gosh, when's the pet going to come? I wonder if they're going to come this time. Last time we were out here, something happened. So if you're singing or reciting mantras, it quiets down your mind. Um, so those are things to do physically, but also energetically, we know we need to be the energy we want to see. That's one of the big pieces that I share with my pet parents. We have to do the training, you know, physically, the training needs to start in the house before we even hit the pavement. We have to give our pets enough mental stimulation, right? We want them to feel confident. Um, we want them to, you know, expend energy through mental stimulation. So they're not on high alert and full of energy when there's, when they're hitting those walks. But then energetically, we need to be the energy we want to see. So if I'm on a walk and my pup's reacting, a lot of times pet parents are like, hey, 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 stop, 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 stop. What are you doing? And by adding more of that intensity, mm -hmm. we're intensifying their reaction. And very much so they'll be like, well, if she's barking, I'm barking too. And I'm going to bark more powerfully because I love her and I want to protect her. Um, so sometimes getting down at their level and just whispering like, all is well, little one. Here, here we go. Here we go. Sometimes that kind of disarms them and they're like, wait, what? And then they look at you. And then after reaction, one of my favorite things to do is to acknowledge them, right? A lot of times we want to change it, sweep it away, but be like, I know that was hard, little one. That was a difficult moment. I get it. But you know what? We're working on it. We're going to collaborate. And I actually love putting my hand on their heart and on their back to ground mm -hmm. them back into their body and just sit with them and breathe. And just wait until, you know, the moments pass and you both breathe together and you relax your shoulders. Um, so that's kind of an example of how when we're dealing with something like Unleash Reactivity, we want to address it from a training standpoint, making sure they're getting emotional and mental needs met, but then also looking at the energy behind it.
Yeah, I love that. That all that was so incredible and made so much sense. And the safety factor was huge because it happened when I was deciding to move out of LA. And then it happened when I moved here. Wow. Yeah. So I moved to a place I'd never, I didn't know anybody when I moved here at all. So the, the lack of safety was, you know, pretty yeah. big. So and I love that. Between. Yeah. Do you work um, virtually with people? I do. I love doing in person, but I do virtual and also a lot of pet parents, um, they do the pet readings first, and then we do a training session virtually together. Um, because when we can understand, you know, what's going on, what's at play in the energy, it helps inform how it is that we approach the training. Great. I love that. I love that. So then tell me more, cause you're branching into other areas now because you, so you do pet readings that training, thank you so much for that, Denise, because that was so beneficial. And some of it, I'm a little of it I'm doing, and I'm going to do the rest of this because I'm also taking him to hydrotherapy now. Oh, that's great. And he is just barking up a storm and talking constantly. And they realize like his mind is super active. They have to kind of like really work with it. And it's not like he's, he's a lover of people, but he's just like, he's a talker. He's a shepherd. Oh, so, but making him, they said the same thing, keeping him, but whatever, I'm going to work on some and of that. Working so dog breeds, they definitely need jobs to do, you know, mm -hmm. so teaching them to pick up balls and put them away in their little basket with the drop it command, mm -hmm. but also giving him jobs to do like, all right, little one, you know what? I'm hopping on to this, this podcast. I'm going to need you to secure the perimeter, secure the space energetically around me. So working dogs in particular, they love a job to do, even if it's in the energy, they just want to feel useful. That's great. I love that. That's what, thank you. So tell me a little bit more. So now tell me about pet readings, because we've talked about that. So you do pet readings and then you also have a bunch of classes. So talk a little bit about your, how do your pet readings inform, I, I have an idea, but I want to hear from you, inform people on their relationship with their dogs. Mm -hmm and then move forward from there. Mm -hmm. So the way that I approach it, it's inextricable, right? It, they go hand in hand. Um, what's going on in the human's life with the pet's life and the pet training. Um, you know, basically it becomes an opportunity for us to tap into our karmic lessons that we're here to share. And so with the, you know, the way that it kind of progressed and evolved is I started with the mindful dog training where it was, you know, bringing energy into it, but it was still very focused on, you know, basic obedience training. And then as I started tapping into numerology and working more closely with the pets, my intuition expanded and I started, you know, feeling confident to dive more deeply straight into the readings, you know, not as part of the training, you know, package, but really doing straight readings and different animal communicators get different sorts of information. Some get, I like this toy from my pet. Others get a lot of medical information of what's going on in the human's body those aren't as much my flavor as what really comes through for me is what's going on in the human's life through the lens of the pet. Because oh, when wow. we understand our patterns, our tendency, our gifts, our relationships, our dynamics, we vibe higher and so can our pets. So in my experience, if left to their own devices, they talk about relationships in your life. They talk about your childhood, patterns that might be affecting you and you know, following you to this day limiting beliefs. Um, they talk about your galactic connections. They talk about your purpose, what you're here, how, how you're supposed to bring healing and joy and peace into this world. Um, so a lot of people say, oh my gosh, I thought I was just going to hear about my pet's favorite treat. And you're tapping into this, um, like the situation that happened when I was 19 and helping me see it a new light and it changes everything. Right. Yeah. And this is important because a lot of times the reading will illuminate something that's affecting the pet's behavior because our pets reflecting back to us these patterns in our lives that we're able to move past. You know, like a lot of times if we have a dog who's barking a lot, right? They're barking at you for attention. Um, you know, odds are they're reflecting back issues of the fifth chakra. And that's all about benevolent leadership. That's about us finding our own voice, our own flavor of leadership, because a lot of times when we're dealing with pets, we try to copy someone else's leadership. You know, I can't mm -hmm. tell you how many times when there's a couple, like the woman will try to copy the man's leadership style, very alpha, but we're softer, we're gentler. 
I mean, I, I weigh, you know, 125 pounds and I'm, I'm tiny. If I'm going against a, a German shepherd in like a tete-a-tete, they're going to win every time. I need to find mm. my own flavor of leadership, right? And that's going to be more about me stepping into my power and finding my voice. And when I find my own voice with my pet as a dress rehearsal and I find my flavor of leadership, odds are it transfers into my career. I'm more confident in meetings. I'm more confident in speaking my truth. You know, I don't feel as timid. I don't feel as unheard because now I have a different vibe around me. I vibe higher. And so those are the kind of things we uncover in our readings. Um, and then of course, things progress and evolve. And I started working with different guides, you know, guides that were more galactic, um, very much still tied to our emotions and pets. But, you know, the Palladians came in and all of a sudden I'm like, man, I signed up for, you know, to be intuitive, to be able to talk to pets. Who are you now? Right. <laughs> and so, you know, then they come in and um, they've brought through a lot of courses that talk about ways that we can up level with our pets. So whether it's learning numerology and kind of using that as a tool to open up to our intuition and better understand our pets, we've done courses that are pets as portals where we get to explore different realms with our animal companions to better understand our multidimensional abilities and capabilities. Um, we've done um, unleashing your prana through labyrinths where we start creating more of a balance alongside our pets and animal companions, um, leveraging emotional and specific places on this earth that hold strong energy for our chakras. Um, and the latest course that came through has been um, the Palladians brought through primordial cells, Palladians and pets, where with our pets, the Palladians are teaching us to leverage our primordial cells, which our pets also have, by the way, to really up level and understand through the assistance of the Palladian stars, how to really up level and become more multidimensional. Um, and our pets hold that space for us. That's amazing. So uh, most of your, I want to go into more of that, but I just want to understand is this, this is mainly online, these classes, right? Absolutely. These are completely yeah. online, um, sometimes live, sometimes they're just, you know, on demand, but they're incredibly experiential. Yeah, it sounds that way. It has to be in the way that you just explained it. So I have a question because I love all of that. I love where you're breaking into and it's just, you're, you're breaking out of formulas of what, uh, our relationship with our pets are and with our consciousness constantly shifting anyway and elevating this makes sense to me that you would be getting these downloads and all this information and exploring all these different areas do you have an understanding this might be a weird question of where pets let's start with dog where dogs come from mm -hmm. and what their purpose like i guess what i've been thinking about is like where do they come from and where do they go i love that okay so just like humans, they all come from different places. It's not that all dogs are from the Sirius star or, you know, they all embody different aspects and are multidimensional, just like us. But one common theme among all animals here alongside us on this planet, whether it's our pets or animals in the wild, all of them um, started with us. And I like to use this analogy just because it's the easiest point of reference. They all started us in paradise. You know, when we were all connected, we all communicated, we all collaborated telepathically. So all of them started with us in, you know, the mythical Garden of Eden. And mm -hmm. so they were with us, we were all together. And then humans decided that they were going to, um, you know, separate their consciousness so that they felt more separate from the collective. And our animals decided that they would be along with us for that journey, almost like our sidekick, so that they could hold higher vibrations, remembrances, wisdom, and technology for us so that when we spent time with them, our energy could kind of acclimate to their energy as well and start getting used to those vibrations. And then when we're ready to embody them, we do. So it's very akin, you know, their role as guides, their role as partners in helping us explore our abilities is very akin to the notion of the Native American culture right, where they looked at the, the different pets and an, or animals in the wild, right. and they attributed different magic, insight, symbolism. That's what our pets are here to do. They hold magic and symbolism for us to learn to tap into. And we get the benefit of being able to do it. Most of us with, you know, pets are incredibly cuddly. So not only do we have these amazing 
guides who have been, you know, leading us down the path since the Garden of Eden, trying to get back to that, that oneness consciousness. But we get to play with them. We get to cuddle them. We, we get to have these relationships that we don't have with any other human in our lives because it's so unconditional. So <laughs> you're really breaking the norm. You know that, right? Well, I, you know, and one thing I will say, I always say this is a new vanguard in pet guardianship. But yeah. every time we speak to pet parents, there's always head nods. They're like, you know, I never verbalized it that way, but yes, I yeah. know that. I know that in my soul. So I think what we're doing here is we're finally giving pets the acknowledgement of the role that they play more broadly in our lives. They've always been playing this role. We've just been catching up to really realize it. Yeah. And, and my, I agree with you on that. Um, it's just interesting because I've been around so many trainers. I just studied with someone, I think it was earlier this year who's a big behaviorist and very good. And I'm, I'm like, who oh, I wonder, I'm not going to say his name, but I wonder what he would say about all of this, but it would be an interesting conversation actually to get the two of you on a call because <laughs> see what that would be like. Um, I want to go into the numerology, but before I go there, there was something you said, oh, I know what I wanted to ask. I have noticed I've had pets since I was little. There's been an evolution, especially with frigging cats. Mm -hmm. Like cats to me, I was saying this to a friend of mine, is, are not the same cats when I was younger. And that could have been my consciousness is different, obviously, as an adult. But I really do see an evolution in cats where they are just different beings. Yeah. Dogs, I do see it with dogs, but I feel like dogs still, for me personally, my experience is they still hold a place of this unconditional love. Um, although everything you've said about dogs, I agree with, and I could see my own relationship with my dogs and how that's playing out. Mm -hmm. Do you see an evolution in their consciousness as well as an evolution in ours? I love that discernment between dogs and cats, because in my experience, and again, you know, everything we speak about, this is my experience and my right. favor of pet parenting. But what I've kind of um, come to, to believe is that the reason we see this difference in this evolution is because a lot of times it mirrors ours. And our dogs, especially, they work more closely with our lower chakras from the heart, sometimes the fifth chakra down, right? Because they're helping us feel safe and grounded in love. They're helping us find the balance between our needs and, you know, tending to them. They're helping us be more active and have more fire and spark and joie de vivre. Um, they're opening our heart to that love and that healing. So they meld very closely with our emotional body. Our feline friends, in my experience, they work more closely with the higher chakras, especially the sixth and the seventh. So they're the ones who help us journey, who help us, um, you know, explore the cosmos, go on these, you know, um, energetic adventures together. They also more and more lately, they've been um, connecting me back to some of the Egyptian magic and knowledge, especially mm -hmm. of the galactic connection that the Egyptians were so aware of. And so if we go into that galactic energy, for me, dogs are more connected to that Palladian energy that emotional, nurturing, unconditional, very close to us in understanding of emotions. Whereas our cats connect with uh, more multidimensional galactic energies like Orion, the Cassiopeians that are more about helping us go up and out and understand our role in the universe and understand our telepathy, our abilities. So I think a lot of what the evolution of the cats is mirroring is our own evolution, especially in the higher chakras our raising of consciousness, our raising of all, all of our intuitive abilities. I've, in my experience with clients, so many of them have just gone online in big ways since 2020. Um, and also, you know, how far we're able to expand into dimensions and realms. So I think that's part of it too. It's, it's a little bit them, but it's also us because they're always a step ahead of us holding the peak in energy. I'm going to have to think about that because mine are driving me nuts so <laughs> it's an interesting and I don't disagree with your whole perspective I think it's fascinating and I agree with you and I'm now I'm like okay so why are my cats doing certain things that they're doing you know and so for me that's really at. important right because just like us our pets are multi-dimensional so mm -hmm. you know, energetically I might be like yeah I'm connected to the cosmic energy I'm connected with Pleiadians I'm having all this but I can still in my day-to-day -day, have a human moment and a meltdown, right? And, and have some like uh, irrational human behaviors. So our pets are multidimensional like that as well. But 
part of their role, regardless of who they are, what species they are, or how long they've been in our lives, is to help us clear out energetic clutter. So their behavior can point us to which chakra needs to be addressed and the energy and the themes behind it so that you can go higher into the, the energetic realms. So in their role as teachers, sometimes the best thing they can do for us is trigger us and drive us nuts so that we do have to take action and look at things in a new perspective. And that all has to do with the sixth chakra, the new perspectives. Makes such sense because I bought a house that I sleep on the bottom floor. It's, you know, the upside down living, whatever they call it. I can't remember. So I've never lived in a house where I lived on the bottom floor and I called it the pet parade every night at 2 a.m. And it sounds like elephants and like they're having a circus upstairs. And it took about, I remember talking to Anna Maria Vasquez. I'm like, I got, she's like, you got to get that under control, girl. You know, like they aren't allowed to rule your life like that. And I kind of figured it out, but I do have one cat that just rules my life. But the point I'm making is it's a reminder because I'm thinking about a move, I'm getting ready for a move and spirit, my guides are always telling me it's about your lifestyle. You know, I, I know I want big property for my animals. I know that I don't want to be sleeping on the, the bottom floor. I know I want a cat room that's really special for them. Yeah. And it's a reminder of moving forward in that direction. And also what comes through is compartmentalization, right? How many aspects of our life are we compartmentalizing? Do we act one way in certain parts of our life and others in, in different ways? So it's also, sure. you know, that, that split living also is very indicative and representative of how in life are we splitting up our things? You know, are we one way in one existence with one group of friends and the other, you know, another way with others or are the rules equal for everyone? Um, so I'd explore a little bit of that compartmentalization as well and how to really bring it all together. Because as you said, part of you is like, part of me wants this, but part of me kind of has this thought about it. We're seeing a little bit of that splitting. Yeah, no, I agree with that a thousand percent. And I'll sit with that because there is compartmentalization. I mean, I do it on the tennis court. I talk about it all the time. I don't go on the tennis court as a spiritual person that I am. I'm more the Brooklyn Bay, you know, the girl, but even with the lifestyle that makes perfect sense because I want to combine everything where it is in that, the way I operate most of my life is in this spiritual way. And I want to invite more of that in and not compartmentalize it. So that's a really great insight. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so we're going to move over to Q&A in a second, but because members can listen to your class mm -hmm. before we end on that, you can, do you want to just say a tiny bit about the numerology and how that works? Yeah. Um, so numerology kind of came into my life because as I was dog, I was, you know, training dogs, I started realizing that, you know, one month it was all about separation anxiety or one month it was all about unleash reactivity. And I started realizing that the, a lot of the pets names who had the same behaviors also had similar names. So I was like, I wonder what's up with that. And this is another one of those universal moments that it's like, well, I guess this was meant to be. Um, it was raining. I was between, between dog training sessions. So I kind of stepped into this like um, spiritual bookstore just to dry off. And because it was a good vibe and this woman, and I swear to God, she was like six foot two raven hair, white, white skin. She just walks up to me and she goes, you need this book. And it was a book on numerology. And I was like, all right, oh, wow. we'll do it. And that's how I, you know, and I looked up the pet's names. I'm like, Oh, well, that makes sense. That's so interesting. And numerology kind of clicked for me because I was so familiar with the chakras. I was like, oh, I get how this relates, you know, and how the themes relate. You know, I started noticing those patterns. So numerology basically is the concept that everything in our universe um, has a vibrational essence to it. And numbers are a really powerful way to communicate, capture, and understand the vibrational essence of the universe. You know, math is universal. We hear that all the time. And mm -hmm. so, you know, each number we, in a numerology, it's the numbers one through nine, and then we have a few master vibrations, but basically the world is synthesized and understand and understood through different patterns and arrangements of these numbers one through nine. And so what we get to do as um, students of numerology is we get to know each of the numbers and personify them and understand their themes so that we can better identify the essence of vibrations. Um, and that's beneficial because if I'm, you know, dealing with unleashed reactivity, 
I can very quickly be like, okay, that's issues around one. What do I know about the number one? What's my relationship with the number one? And we get mm -hmm. to know, all right, it's about the independent individual. Um, the number one, just like us, they have light aspects and shadow aspects. On one hand, the number one can be stubborn. But on the other hand, number one can be very much a leader and a way shower. Um, and then what's even more fun is that as you get to know the numbers and you start playing with numerology, um, we get to understand the patterns because, you know, the number nine can be made up by, you know, four and five or by three and six. And so those carry a different vibration that make up that same number nine. So for me, I'm more excited about numerology in terms of the patterns, not so much the overall vibration of a name or the vibration of your birth date. That's helpful. But to truly understand you or your pet, we want to look into what are the numbers that make up that overall vibration number? Because those are the patterns. Those are the tendencies. Those are what um, you know, help us understand our motivations, our gifts, our abilities, and our purpose. Um, yeah. So you're saying you, there's a couple of things I just want to understand. I, I know you said you get the numbers from the names, correct? Mm -hmm. That's you one aspect. Get it. Yeah, you can get it. So in numerology, there's a life path number, which is the main ones. There's a life path number, which is calculated from your birthday. And that talks about your experiences and lessons that you're, you're kind of here to, to have on earth. There's the destiny number, and that's usually calculated by your name. And that talks about your purpose here on earth. And then there's karmic lessons, which you can um, uh, extrapolate based on the numbers that are not present in your name. So I usually focus on the destiny number, which is your purpose, and it's calculated from the name. And although yeah. any you know, strict numerologist will say, well, if we're calculating it from your name, I need your birth certificate and exactly how it's spelled out. I say that's, you know, that's not my flavor of it. I say, what's the name you use every day? When you introduce yourself, mm -hmm. what's that name? Because that's the vibe that you're carrying into the world. Um, so I take a loose approach to, you know, I'm not very strict about what name we're using or how we're pulling it. I'm more interested in opening up my intuitive um, knowledge and abilities and messages by understanding and playing with the numbers. Because, you know, yeah. just like we spoke about with Unleash Reactivity, where you do the trust walk and you're chanting something, that gives your mind something to do, right? Your masculine energy kind of can focus on that. Same thing with numerology. If you're looking to open up to your intuition, pulling and adding up numbers gives your masculine aspect something to focus on. And that allows your divine feminine to bring in all the energy unencumbered, right? Everybody gets a job. Everyone has a role to do. So for me, numerology has been critical and a really important part of opening up to my intuitive abilities. I love that. And so, cause I was, I agree with the loose space because we're giving the dog the name, the cat, the name, right? Mm -hmm. So that obviously, but also I don't know the birth dates of my dogs and cats yeah. because they're adopted. So it's like, I give them a birth date and I barely remember it. And Micah had a birthday yesterday as we're recording this on November 2nd, <laughs> but so anyway, um, you, what do you do about birth dates if they are adopted? Do you just go by the birth date that the person I actually chose? I don't usually pull birth dates. For me, yeah. okay. just understanding what's going on in the name, like I'm very much a proponent of using tools to help not to create rigidity. So for mm. me, I go by the name, I go by, you know, whatever you use, because it's not about the ultimate number that everything adds up to. It's about each letter and corresponding number that creates your name, because each of those are little aspects of your personality, understanding which numbers follow the next and what patterns are, you know, which numbers are repeated in your name. That to me is where the meat and potatoes is in numerology, not so much the overall vibration. Um, yeah. It's a way to get to know your energy a little better. I love that. I agree with that. Using tools to help, not the rigidity. And, and I, I agree with that completely. I see too many people adhering to quizzes and numbers and I'm this and I'm like, oh, stop. <laughs> Great. So before we move into Q&A, which will be off the Facebook live, um, how can, what is, how do you want people to find out about you besides your email, your website, which is petprana.com, if there's an email or anything, certain social media, and what do you have that's coming up that's super exciting? And of course, this is evergreen on the podcast, but they can check you out. 
I love it. So um, I make it pretty easy. It's petprana.com as a website. And then on Facebook and Instagram, it's also at petprana. So you can follow me. I always like to have just, you know, empowering information, you know, thought starters. Um, if you sign up for my newsletter, you also get a little bit of that, um, you know, kind of weekly information. And I always try to mix resources and thought starters. Because to me, um, working with pet parents, it's all about us seeing our pets in new light and finding out new ways we can collaborate together, whether it's through a new course that you do together or just reading an article that kind of opens your mind to the possibilities out there. Um, and what's exciting for me right now, I've got a couple things going on. Um, one is I do have the course that has um, kicked off, which honestly has blown my mind. This Primordial Cells, Pleiadians, and Pets. This is an online course, and it has just rocked my world. Like the information that's coming through from them, I'm like, wow, this is this is new. Um, but also with the holidays coming up, I'm super excited because I get, you know, really, I have like a creative bone. And so I'm creating an Etsy shop. I've always sold my pet pendants on there. And basically the pet pendants. Um, I use different crystals to help amplify energy around specific pet behaviors. So for example, if your dog has on-leash reactivity, having him wear one of the charms with a red crystal in it brings in mm. some of that grounding safety and you can infuse intention and energy into that pendant. Um, so I've always had those up on my Etsy store, which is also Pet Prana, but I, I got creative and I'm expanding into t-shirts and mugs and pillows and you know, sayings that are rooted in pet prana, like my dog chases dreams, not squirrels. Like I have a little shirt that has that on it. Um, so that I'm kind of excited by that. I think it brings back my advertising um, background. I, I love that. I think that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. And uh, so that you, besides your Etsy shop, it's going to be, on, is it going to be on your website soon or something? Yeah, I'm going to add it on there as well, but they'll always okay, be a good. link. Yeah. Good. And I just, started following you on Instagram. So everybody um, check out Denise. We're going to move into membership right now. We do a private Q&A for them. Um, but definitely check out Denise at petprana.com. Oh my goodness. Petprana.com and follow her on Instagram, Facebook, and check out her classes. And I always love when I know what you're talking about, like I'm doing a program next level living and it's blowing me away right now. And I love that you are having, you have that experience too with classes. It goes to show that the classes are kind of, they're not only live in the sense of teaching it live, if that's what you're doing, but they're live in the sense in the material where it's always evolving. And that was Pets as Portals. Is that the one you're talking um, about, Denise? This one, I haven't added to my website yet. It's going up today, but it's prim um, it's Primordial Cells, Pleiadians, and Pets. How's that Great. for a triple alliteration? Love that. I'm not going to repeat it. How's that? <laughs> there, but that'll fair. be on. By the time this is on the podcast, it'll be on your website, which is great. Yeah. Great, Denise. Thank you. Hold on there, and thank you everybody on Facebook. Sending you a lot of love. I'm going to stop the live stream. Okay, so guys, if you have any questions for Denise, Denise, that was amazing. You have evolved so much since the last time I spoke to you, and I love everything you're doing and the information you gave me about Micah was incredible and right on. And I love the compartmentalization. So that was like, so right on. Thank you. And I'm excited for you with your product too. Like yeah. I mean, this, this has been so much fun just having these conversations. Like I feel like 10 years ago, we couldn't have had these conversations, but all of us are from, are at this point of, you know, level setting where we're like, of course, our pets are our partners and our guides. And, you know, so I think it's such a testament to where pet parents and pet parenting has evolved to at this point that we're able to have these kind of conversations and talk about pets and Pleiadians. Like if you told me five years ago, I'd be talking about this, I'd, I'd call you a liar. I'd be like, I don't even know who the Pleiadians are. What are you talking about? So it's cool. Yeah. Kind of funny because I was channeling this morning and I, I don't, I'm more uh, with Sirius than I am Palladians, but there was a Palladian now that you mention it in my room, because I'm like, there's a really big figure here. And when you said that, I was like, well, that's what was in my room this morning. So maybe they were saying hi to me because of this interview I was doing with you today. <laughs> They're like, we'll be talking to our girl later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're just here to say hi. I woke up so with no of them above my head. Um, and uh, that's actually how I came up with the whole translating beyond behavior process, mapping out pet behaviors to the human chakras. It was um, a March equinox. I was knocked out for three days in bed, couldn't wake up, 
woke up at 7 a.m. I had these figures above me, a male and a female. Mm -hmm. And I woke up and I got my computer out. And within the hour, I had a PowerPoint presentation outlining this whole process using Maslow's wow. hierarchy of needs, the chakras and the pet's behavior. And it was just like, <laughs> and it wasn't until I moved to California and I, you know, I never drove, I never had a car in my life. So I was working with a car broker and I was like, give me a car. You would give a 16 year old. Like I just need the safest thing. And he gave me a Subaru. And I was like, I wonder what these are. And that was my first interaction with the Pleiadians. I'm like, what are the Pleiadian stars? This is so weird. Why is it on my car? And that kind of blew everything open. And, and I was like, oh, those figures were the Pleiadians. Um, so it's interesting how our connections evolve and, and we start getting to know that after the fact. Wait, you're saying the stars on the car? Yeah, you know the Subaru logo, those seven, the yeah, six, yeah, Pleiadian star system. Oh, and, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, and um, it's they named it Subaru because a Pleiadian star system um, in their culture is about unity, and so mm -hmm. it was like unity collaboration, and that's that's the uh, Subaru logo. That's crazy. I love that. That's great. All right. Does any? So I don't think anybody has questions. I don't know if we have a lot of pet. Oh, we do have somebody who has a question. Okay. Otherwise, I can ask one, but I'm going to. Um, Sandy, hi. Hi, how are you? That was such an interesting um, discussion, especially um, liked hearing how animals are related to um, our interrestrial and the Palladians and all that. So I had a question. Um, so my cat, uh, you know, he um, we've had a long history of different things with him, but I noticed he gets overstimulated so, so quickly, mm -hmm. especially when you touch like anything but his tail area, which is his um, ground, you know, his, what are you, red chakra, what do you call that grounding chakra? <laughs> First chakra, the, First chakra? Yeah, Thank you. the root chakra. Um, and that really calms him down. And I was curious why that would ground him versus, you know, petting his neck or the back of his head or anything like that. Well, I love that. Let me ask you also, Sandy, what's his name? Woody. Oh my God. I love that. Okay. So let me pull the numerology because I always like to, this is like a perfect opportunity. Okay. Gotcha. So Sandy, I pulled while you were talking, you might've seen me looking down. I was pulling the numerology of your name as well, because it's always helpful to understand where we're starting from. And so a lot of what, you know, you already touched upon the fact that Woody, you know, he feels like he needs that extra attention around his first chakra or his grounding chakra, the foundational element. And if we look at his little body, it's almost like his body is, you know, that's literally his grounding cord. Um, yes. So Woody needs some extra grounding and this makes sense. And I'll tell you why. Uh, when I pull the numerology of his name, he's got a lot of this 11 energy. And 11 in um, numerology is a master vibration, which means um, whenever we see these master numbers, there's an energetic choice in the road. We get to vibrate at the higher vibration of 11, but because in numerology, we always you know, simplify things down into a single digit, he has a choice of 11, or he has a choice of vibrating at the base energy, earthbound energy of two. So he's constantly in that 11 energy into the higher multidimensional energy, so by bringing him back through the grounding, you're bringing him back into more of an earthbound situation. He just needs help getting back in his body. And the reason why this is so interesting is with you, if you look at the spelling of your name, that double L's, you also have that 11 energy right in your name. You also have the 11 within the S and the one side by side, there's two ones. And when we do pull numerology, the letter L, actually the double L holds the vibration of 33 over six, which is a cosmic vibration. So bottom line, between you and Woody, both of you guys have this tendency to be very multidimensional, very energetic, very, um, you know, for you guys getting um, messages and downloads, that's easy, connecting to the other side, that's easy, um, or you're wired to do so, whether or not you've, you know, tapped into it or feel confident in it, that's another question. But because of all this multidimensional energy you guys carry, um, Woody needs extra grounding. His upper chakras, they're fine. He's good with that. He just needs to be brought down almost like a balloon tethered back down onto the earth. And that's the service that you're able to give him by, by um, interacting with this tail. Wow, that is so cool. <laughs> yeah. So one thing you can do to also bring more of that groundedness, because right now we're in this moment, especially as we go towards, you know, 
um, November 11th at that 11-11-22 portal. Um, I want you to feel more into shapes that are square, right? In Chinese, um, in Chinese symbolism, the square is the shape of the earth. So for you, we want to bring more grounding into your life. It looks like it can come to you in the form of reds. You can bring in some um, crystals that are more grounding, like um, you know, black crystals, red crystals, brown crystals. Um, even breathing and getting back into your body and ha having your hand at your heart or even over your shoulders, we need you to come back into your body. And that's a, a proxy for Woody to also be back into his body. So anytime you feel compelled to like, you know, give him a cuddle that's not on his tail, give yourself a little grounding cue so that you both can ground back into your bodies. We're, we're here to embody that higher energy, not only play in it. And that's something that you and Woody are here to do, embody multidimensional high vibrational energy and messages. I absolutely love that. <laughs> Thank you. And they're saying in order to do that, you have to be grounded in your body just because we are in this 3D reality and everything is physical and you know palpable. And um, so, yeah. Very yeah, I cool. just feel like I need a lot of grounding that I uh, don't do enough of that. So <laughs> thank you. And what's interesting about Woody is I get this cat grass for him, you know, the live grass, oh. and he absolutely loves that. And that's probably where, because we're on the 22nd floor in apartment building. He was an, a street cat that we rescued. And I guess that grass probably helps ground him as well. I know it's good, you know, physically for his digestion, whatever, but I think that that, that is really his grounding cord to the earth is that grass too. It's that earth element, literally, yeah. metaphorically. And it's lovely that you live on the 22nd floor. Um, in numerology, 22 over four is a foundational number. Um, so man, the numbers are, whether you selected them or they're just showing up for you, the numbers are speaking to you. Oh, great. I love that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Sandy. I'm going to take one more and then we have to stop. Um, do you have enough time, Denise, to take yeah, one more? Absolutely. Time. And I just have to say, I think uh, cats are just ruling our lives. I'm just going to tell you, it's like amazing what they do. Um, okay. So I don't, Sharon said in August, I adopted an 11 year old female cat from a friend who is moving from USA to Canada. We've been bonding since June, but in August you adopt. Okay. She's being finicky about her food. What do you suggest? And do we know the cat's name? Sharon, can you type in the cat's name? Cause that's always helpful. Yeah, I'm sure she will. Non noni, N O N I E, N O N I E, N O N I E. Okay, noni. So let me pull that real quick. I love it. All right, here we go. Um, oh, noni, your numbers. Okay. So Sharon, uh, first things first. You vibrate at an overall overall vibration. Your first name, anyway, at of a thirty, which is a very pure thirty over three. So it's that three energy. And whenever we have issues with appetite, I'm always brought back to that third chakra. So it's something really interesting there with that tie-in. But Noni's number, oh my goodness, you both share the 56 energy that makes up 11 side by side in your names. And so again, it's very much on the heels of what we were talking about with Sandy, like of this world, but also otherworldly. So there's a little bit of that balance of grounding back into the body that we were talking about with Sandy. But Beyond that, Noni's numbers are incredibly sensitive. He's five, six, five, nine, um, and then five. So all those fives are empathic. Um, he literally digests everything around him like a sponge. So energetically, he picks up on a lot. So food for him feels like, oh my God, I need to take more into my body. Like I can't, like, oh my gosh. So with him, what we want to do is help him create healing um, in, in terms of create an energetic boundary around him, remind him that he does not need to take on others energy um, of the community, of his environment, or even yours, because Noni with that 95 at the end of his name, that to me always shows tremendous healer. And so he feels that that's his role and his job, that he's gr so grateful that you brought him into his home that now he needs to perform. And he needs to do that healing. So remind him, you've done enough. You're good. I love you for you, not for what you're doing. And we don't need to take in and digest all the energy around us. 
that's going to help tremendously because his relationship with digestion has been a little tricky given all the work he does in the energy. Um, setting up those boundaries, you know, just like you would if, you know, with any empath in your life, uh, remind them to set up those boundaries, clear out the home from energetic debris regularly. Um, so on a daily basis, you know, set the intention that it all kind of leaves. But the more we can let him know that he's okay to keep his boundaries and not digest all the energy, that should help with his appetite. Love it. So you guys, there's a class from Denise. We're going to be revisiting it next month. So we'll load it back in um, for numerology with your paths. I can't remember the title right now. Do you remember the title, Denise? I'm sure you do. Translating Beyond Numerology. Say it again. Yep. Oh, Translating Beyond Numerology. Yes, I have it in my notes. Great. So go in there and check it out. And then if you want to work with Denise, definitely go to petprana.com and hire her because I think, I think, I think she knows what she's talking about more than any trainer that I've seen. And I love the way that you're putting it all together, Denise. It really makes a lot of sense to me. It also makes it more like, for me personally, just listening to you and somebody who's spent thousands upon thousands of dollars on trainers, it puts me more in control than I think. I don't feel as powerless. Like it gives me more stuff to work with. So I have to say the work you're doing is very cutting edge in my opinion. It's also combining a lot of areas that need to be combined. And I do feel that it needs to be much more mainstream. And I'm sure you're getting out there. I can tell your Instagram following is doing great and all that. But, and I hope that you're gonna certify people down the line to do what you do. I definitely want to, that's, you know, we, we've got the vision. I think it's a timing thing. We've got books ready. We've got certification programs ready. We've got it all. Um, I think it's a, a timing thing, but my hope and intention is to be able to bring pet prana, um, you know, into something that everybody can learn from, tap into and be a part of, because yeah. this, this is truly the, the way forward with pet guardianship, just bringing it all together. Um, Cause there's so much we can learn from them, just like with conscious parenting, you know? Yeah. And the beautiful thing that you do so well is you bridge the uh, ethereal with the grounding. Like it's very grounded. The stuff you would give me with Micah was very intuitive and things I needed to know from a, a psychic level, but then it was a very grounded active steps with the intu intuition. So I love that. So yeah, I'm excited for you. Thank you. Thank you mm -hmm. so much for everybody sharing their stories, their pets. And Marilyn, thank you for having me and leading this discussion. Um, you know, it's always so fun to be with you and be part of your, your community. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. And everybody check out Denise at petprana.com. I can tell you somebody who's lived through, I'm telling you probably like over 30 K in, um, training. If I was to sit here and count it up, this is really, I would say the way to go. And it's not just training, it's behavioral. It's everything that she spoke about. She speaks about it better than I do. So check her out, go to pepprana.com. And as always, if you like the podcast, um, rate, review, subscribe, and please do share, especially this episode, share it, tag one of your friends who has an animal that maybe they're struggling with and they can learn from Denise. Thank you so much and have an incredible day or night whenever you're listening to this.